How can we love God with all our hearts? It seems a difficult thing to do. And in fact, for us, left alone, it's an impossible thing to do. We cannot love God in such a way. And this, at least for two reasons. The first one is that we don't see God. We don't see him with our eyes. We're not in touch with him in a human way. We don't contemplate his glory and his beauty. And of course, we can love beautiful things and glorious things. We are attracted by them, but we don't see God at that level. So it's very difficult for us. We have no common ground for friendship with him. The second reason is that love cannot be imposed as a, as a commandment. You don't go to anyone and, and say, you have to love me. Love is something that happens when people meet, but very difficult. You cannot demand it, right? Yet God is demanding it with a command in scripture. You shall love your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. St. Augustine wondered about this. In, in his confessions, he wrote, he's speaking to God. He says, what are you to me? What am I to you that you demand my love? What is this relationship that you want to create? And then, why would you care that I love you? I'm just this tiny little small creature. Why, why would, would you mind about my love? And these are deep questions, right? We don't see God, but we seek him. He's way above our reach, yet we are made for him. Our heart yearns for him. We don't interact with God in the same way we interact with other human beings, yet we love him. And because we love him, we are here tonight. We seek his face. Why? Why do we do that? What is it inside of us that makes us walk towards him? The reality is that we are able to love God and we seek him because he has loved us first. You know, Benedict XVI, who, I'm, who I love to quote, he wrote three encyclicals, one about love, another one about faith, another one about hope. And I think we quoted the one on about faith that he wrote with Francis. In the one about love, it's called Deus Caritas Est, God is love, he writes. It's a little bit of a long quote, but bear with me. He says, true, no one has ever seen God as he is. And yet God is not totally invisible to us. He does not remain completely inaccessible. God loved us first. And this love of God has appeared in our midst. God has made himself visible. In Jesus, we are able to see the Father. Because Jesus says, remember, whoever sees me, sees the Father. So God came to us first. And he made himself visible. He bridged that gap. Indeed, God is visible in a number of ways. He comes towards us. He seeks to win our hearts. Look at that. No? He seeks to win our hearts. All the way to the Last Supper, to the piercing of his heart on the cross, to his appearances after the resurrection, he encounters us 
ever anew in the men and women who reflect his presence in the world, in the sacraments, and especially in the Eucharist, in the church's liturgy, in her prayer, in the living community of believers, we experience the love of God. We perceive his presence and we thus learn to recognize that presence in our daily lives. He has loved us first and he continues to do so. We too then can respond with love. So God not only came, but he keeps coming. He keeps becoming our neighbor himself in the men and women that, that, that we encounter, in the community, in, in, in the word that we read, in the sacrament that we eat. So it's not true that we don't see God. We don't see him with our eyes, but he makes himself present to us first. He did that in Jesus Christ when he assumed our nature, and then he poured out the Holy Spirit into our hearts, into the hearts of the apostles, but then he keeps doing that in the church the Holy Spirit is God inside of us. It's God in our hearts. It's the love of God for us poured into our hearts so that we can have the love for God. The love of God for us is the Holy Spirit so that we can have love for God as a response. And we call this love of God in us and for God to us, we call it supernatural charity, the virtue of charity. Precisely, God-given virtue so that we can love God with his own love, with his own friendship, at his own level, so to say, and that we can love others under his gaze for God's sake as well. That's why Jesus says, love each other as I loved you. Not with your own love, but with the love that I loved you first, with that type of love, with that wave, with that mode. So the point is, love can be commanded as a response to the one who has loved us so much. And it is a grace to understand this. St. Francis of Assisi would, would, you know, what, would, would say, love is not loved, love is not loved. He was so aware of this. How are we supposed to love God? Well, Jesus is very clear. He says, with all your heart, with all your mind and with all your strength. So let's break this down a little bit. Oh, I forgot my, I'm lost. I'm gonna preach for 30 minutes now. <laughs> so to love God with all our heart means to want what God wants. To want to obey God out of love to want what he wants, because the heart, is the, for the Bible, is the place where we make decisions. It's the seed of our freedom, where our freedom is rooted. So to love him with your heart means to want to obey him out of love. So it's much more than a feeling. It's a much more stable and rooted thing. It's the deeper act of freedom when you decide to obey God, to bind yourself, your own will, to God's will, because you trust him. And because you love him, you want to serve him. You know, when you love someone, you want to serve that person. You want to see that person grow, and, and, and it's, it's your joy to be of service, to help, because you love that person. And something similar happens with God. The more we love him, the more we want to serve him. Jesus says, 
Whoever loves me will keep my word, will obey my word. So we can think, do I have this willingness, this loving willingness to obey God in my life, to keep his word? Dante, in his Paradiso, he wrote, in his will, there is our peace. In the will of God, we find our peace. And if you don't find that willingness in you, ask for it. You can, it's, it's, God loves to give that. Lord, give me your love so I can love you back. Give me, enlarge my heart so I can want to obey you more. This is the secret of peace and joy, wanting to obey God. When you make this decision, I, I will obey God no matter what in my life. I will surrender to him. In, and then in the midst of any circumstances, you will enjoy peace. You already belong to him, so to say. And joy, it's a deep joy in, in, in obeying God, in knowing that we are called in this life to obey. We're not, made, we're not made to do our own thing. We're made to obey deep down. That's our deepest joy and our deepest freedom. To love God with all our minds is to accept his teachings. It's connected with the former, right? It implies this humble disposition to trust God and his church more than myself and more than the dominant culture around us. So it's to obey God intellectually, so to say, not only morally or with my life. To allow God to transform my mind and as we know, the church's teaching cover a wide range of topics. You know, from defending life from conception to natural death, our teachings about abortion and euthanasia, holding a biblical understanding of sexuality, family life, and matrimony as a faithful and fruitful covenant between a man and a woman before God regarding racism as an intrinsic evil and any type of discrimination as well, encouraging us to have a heart for the poor, for the marginalized, the immigrants, the homeless. People are never just a problem. They're always first a gift. And then they, they might come with problems, but we, as Catholic, we receive everyone as a gift first. Taking care of creation, and its natural resources, we came to realize that this planet is our common good. And as you know, some of these teachings are perceived as conservative, and some of them are perceived as progressive, but yet they're all biblical. They're all rooted in the Bible. And the church has been teaching about this from the beginning. You will find the fathers of the church teaching all these topics right from the beginning. And true, sometimes we highlight one more, some things more than others according to the circumstances, but they're all there. So we cannot just pick and choose. Okay, I will, I will you know, uphold this side that I like, but let go this other side. No, we're Catholic. We, we have to uphold the whole truth that the church teach, teaches. And being docile to this and acknowledging that I might not have all the answers that I might not understand everything, that God somehow put us in a, in a body, the church, in a community, 
And he wants us to rely on each other and also to rely on those who have the gift from the Holy Spirit to teach. So to obey in that regard as well. Sure, we might have a more trouble to understand this or that or a difficult passage in the Bible and, and, and we have to struggle and we have to read and we have to ask and we have to research and we have to sleep with our questions until we come to a deeper understanding. But we trust. We trust that there's something that I might be missing. We are disciples. It's not, you know, a religion a la carte, you know, but we are disciples. We receive the whole thing and we trust to love God with all our minds. One sister of the Society of Mary, she wrote before be becoming, she was a Protestant, she became Catholic and then she became a religious sister. And she wrote an email to me once and she said, when I entered the church, I had to say, I believe everything that the Holy Catholic Church believes, teaches and proclaims to be revealed by God. It's part of your creed, right? And I struggled with it because I didn't understand many things yet. And some things seem unfair or outdated. Could I say this truthfully at Easter Vigil when I had all these questions? Finally, in prayer, I saw I could say, Jesus, I don't understand everything, but I trust that you know more than me. So in faith that you have called me here, I will say this, even though I can't understand yet. It's very important. In faith that you have called me here, that you have guided me to the Catholic Church, to her bosom. I can rely on that, and you will guide me step by step. And finally, to love God with all your strength means with all your energy, with all your time. It means to serve him with your life. And we serve God with our ordinary duties as we perform them, you know, under his loving gaze. We work, we study, we come and go daily things, but also we serve him as we offer some time, some extra time to volunteer when we are doing something for the sake of others, when we are serving, when we are helping those in need or working in the church or in some apostolate. I'm serving God and those things are both needed. We, we need to, of course, take care of our daily lives and our daily responsibilities, but to do something more helps us to keep in mind that we're not meant to be in the center. That we're called to serve God with our whole life. And it leads us into the second commandment, to love our neighbors as, as ourselves. In reality, it's only one love. We receive from God that love so that we can love him back and we can love others in the manner and in the way that God wants us to love them. It's a vertical and the horizontal love that has the same source. It comes from him and impacts our lives. The love of neighbor is a proof of authenticity, if you want, of our love for God. These two love, loves don't compete. They feed each other, our love for God and our love for neighbor. I have to finish. God comes to us first he makes the first move in Jesus Christ. He loves us. He equips us to love him back with our heart, with our mind, with our strength, and to love the ones around us as ourselves. And he pushes us. He pushes our limits. He puts in our path people 
that we wouldn't love, maybe, naturally speaking. But we have to love in his name, in God's name. He pushes our ideas. He challenges us to go out of our own understanding. He pushes our busy lives so that we can serve others on top of all the things that we're doing. And he pushes our comfort zones, sending us to mission.